Hello and welcome to the Potential Psychology Podcast. I'm your host, Ellen Jackson, and it's my mission to share the science of human behaviour in a practical, fun and inspiring way. In each podcast episode, I interview an expert from the fields of psychology, well-being, leadership, parenting or high performance. I pick their brain to uncover what they know about living well, what tips do they have for you and I, and I quiz them about how they apply their expertise in their own life. Join me as we discover simple, science-backed ways to live, learn, flourish, and fulfil your potential. Hello, we are getting merry on the podcast today. This is our final show for the year, perfectly, if coincidentally, timed for the week prior to Christmas. And the team and I will be taking a break, but we have something special planned for you over January. We will be revisiting our favourite episodes from the past few seasons here on the show. So keep tuning in each Wednesday from the 1st of January to either reacquaint yourself with an expert on topics such as sleep, positive parenting and music and your mood, or perhaps catch up on an episode that you might have missed. And if you're on our mailing list, I will be sending out the Psychologist's Personal Projects Planner just after Christmas to help you ready yourself for another year of flourishing and thriving. If you haven't seen or used my Personal Projects Planner before, it's a little guide to planning your big year. So it takes you through the steps to work out where you need to invest your time and focus to live your best life in 2020. And if you're not on our mailing list yet, get on it. Pop over to potential.com.au forward slash subscribe to get your copy of the Psychologist's Personal Project Planner and join in the fun. Now, before I introduce our guest today, I must thank the Wellbeing Evidence and Horizons Conference for being our amazing partner for this season of the show. The conference is taking place in Melbourne on the 28th and 29th of April 2020, showcasing the very latest in wellbeing science, resilience, workplace health, nutrition, and some fun future-focused developments in the wellbeing space. During this season of the show, the current season, I've chatted to Professor Tim Olds about how to create your best day and Associate Professor Peggy Kern about thriving at work. And both Tim and Peggy will be speaking at the Wellbeing Evidence and Horizons Conference. And we're hoping to bring you a couple of other speakers in the next season of the show. You can register to attend at weh.org.au. Early bird registration is still available. And I will be at the conference in April. So please do come and say hi. Okay. It's now time to introduce my very merry guests for today. With me today in a send-off to 2019 and the decade are Emma and Carla Pappas, otherwise known as the Merrymaker Sisters. Emma and Carla are the founders of Merry Body, an online yoga and Pilates studio, and Get Merry, a wildly popular recipe app. They are the authors of two cookbooks, the Get Merry Cookbook and the Make It Merry Cookbook. They host the Get Merry Podcast, have an enormous online presence and social media following. They are sisters, best friends, and have been entrepreneurial since birth. They are indisputably positive about pretty much everything. And they're here today to share their story, to inspire us, and to talk a little about following your bliss. Welcome, Carla and Emma. Oh, what an introduction. I know. I was I was like, like, can oh. I have that one? <laughs> just to listen to you when I need it. <laughs> Thank you for having us. You're very, very welcome. I'm really looking forward to having our chat. I think this will just be a wonderfully positive way to finish off both our season for this season of the show, mm. 2019, and as somebody reminded me and I just said, but I'd sort of completely blocked it out, I suspect, the end of a decade. Isn't oh that God, amazing? So and there's so much like magic in that just acknowledgement, isn't it? It's like, oh, okay, like what is the next decade to welcome in? And I mean, this is why we love rituals and things like that and like the cycles. I think they represent so much. Mm. It's very exciting. It is exciting. I know I, there is a little part of me and, and maybe this isn't the case for you ladies yet because you're not quite as old as me. <laughs> But there's a little part of me that goes, oh my goodness, that's another decade. I've just done another decade because I remember a time in my life when a decade just seemed like forever. 
and to now yeah. look back and say, in this decade, I will then enter my, oh, what does that make it? I can't even count, but it, it's a big number. Sixth yeah. decade? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, well, so this is my second decade that I've lived, like, to see the new year into. Because my first one, like, I was born in 1990, so then I saw 2000, and that was, like, the that was scary, right? The millennium bug. I know, I know. Yes, I do. Yeah, but I wasn't, I didn't remember 1990. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, okay. And now it's, yeah, 2020. Yes, yes. Wait, 2010, I didn't include that one. Yeah, so you've done. Is that a decade? So now, okay, yeah, I miss. I totally miss one. (laughs) Right. That's that's why I'm not counting because that's too (laughs) hard. To give you some scale, I finished school in 1990. So, wow, so cool. So that was the end of one decade. Probably a nice way to finish school too. The end of a decade there. So you you always remember it. A few decades of adulthood um, have (laughs) transpired, and I do remember the move into 2000. It feels kind of like a long time ago now, but also yeah, yeah. a very long time ago. And yeah. I think the older you get, it does feel like time just goes faster and faster. But I feel like when we welcome presence, it slows down mm. a little bit more. I think when we're so focused on the future or we're anxious about the past, that's when the time just flies because we're not fully experiencing our presence. And I think it feels slower when we're younger because we're more present could well be true. Actually, I'd be interested to see the research on that because obviously there is a lot of research now on mindfulness and, mm, and kind yeah. of what it does for our state of mind. It would be interesting to know whether or not there is because kids are obviously more present yeah. than we become as adults, aren't they? And whether yeah, in fact, it's, it's like a time travel question. Can we actually slow down time by being yes. more present? That one's for you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Emma. Very good point. I like it. I like it. Now, I wanted to ask you one of the things that you are proponents of in your lives and also in the work that you do is this idea of following your bliss. So, what has following your bliss looked like for you guys? Yeah. Oh, we just love that sentence. And I feel like it, it really can create a feeling when you, when you hear it and when you say it, you know, that word bliss, like the, just the word itself is like so amazing. And I remember we started using the word bliss when we were traveling the Greek islands. I was about 21. This was before Mary Mason started. You were about 20, you would have been 22, 23, sorry. And we kept describing Greece as this is bliss. This is just bliss. That's what we kept saying. And then when we started the Mary Maker Sisters back in 2012, we started delving into mindset and watching all these documentaries. We threw out our TV. We just, we'd only watch documentaries. Like that's what we would do. And we watched this amazing documentary called Finding Joe. And it's all about the philosopher Joseph Campbell. And one of his more well-known phrases is, follow your bliss. And when we heard it, we kind of had all these alarm bells ringing and these ding, ding, dings and these cogs coming together that we had in fact found our bliss through sharing our messages via blogging, via video creation and sharing images and healthy food and healthy lifestyle. And we weren't following it. And so we're like, oh my gosh, we need to follow our bliss. Like that's what Joseph said. (laughs) Yeah. And it's the idea that, you know, you take note or look out for that moment of that spark of joy. Like what brings you that feeling of joy? What do you do when time just disappears and you could just work on something you love for hours and hours and be like, oh my gosh, like I didn't even stop to eat lunch. Like I was really enjoying what Mm. I was working on. And then it's the idea that, you know, when you find this thing, you follow it and you create this flow because it's just so natural. It's like there's less resistance. There's less like of your self-resistance and there's less resistance from around you. Therefore, opportunities come your way because you're in this flow state, Mm. this creative state. And it's like, wow, don't we all want more of that in life? Like more flow, more like ease, more enjoyment and just like listening to his philosophy and then like all these people talk about it and how you know they were impacted by living like that it just was a big big aha moment and it made so much sense and then we started doing it and focusing on it more and we got proof that you know opportunities were just coming our way so you know once you get one little like tick it's like oh yeah that works 
we're going to keep going. And we've had it ever since. And as our journey has gone on, we have pivoted in many areas. And it's so interesting, like that idea of following your bliss, following the joy, it just works because opportunities just keep coming our way mm. when we say align to our hearts. Yeah. So it's not that there's one thing that you find and then the journey yeah. is over. Like you keep following that one thing. It's a continuous journey of following your bliss. And it's our jobs to listen to that and to pick up the call and to open the door. Okay. So it's a flexible sort of thing, you know, it's adapted yeah. from the sound to things. You just, yeah, you're not kind of setting a path because I think often when we think about finding our thing, finding our groove, whatever you might be, following your bliss, mm. we often think, okay, this is it. So this mm-hmm, will be yeah. it forever. But but you're saying and demonstrating that it, it's a continuous improvement, change, flexible, adaptable thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's no, it's like, if you think about, yeah, a river, a stream, like there's no one way to go down the stream. Like the water changes with when there's a rock in place or there's a something there, something's blocking. Okay. That way. And it's about always tuning back in to like, does this feel right? Does this feel good? Do, am I having fun? Is this joyful? Like, am I enjoying my life? Which is important that we check in with that. And if the answer is no, then it's like, okay, that's all right. That's amazing, actually, that I know that this isn't the right way. And now I can turn another way or I can look in another direction. I love that checking in. So really just asking yourself questions yeah. as you go along. We check is in this working? all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perfect. And I mean, and it might be like a check-in where you literally schedule it in or it's just like, connecting to your feelings as well like what feels good what feels yuck it's like don't go towards the yuck thing that like you know where it's like oh like angst like you know that you know when you meet someone and you like get that feeling that it's not right mm. yeah that's like something saying don't go there and that's then a sign if you get the, the light feeling or the excitement after a meeting it's like yeah go there expansion yeah mm. so there's a mindfulness component to this isn't there Oh yeah. Presence is such a big thing in knowing whether or not you're enjoying something because I don't even know if you can enjoy something without being present. Mm. Because if we're thinking of something else while we're doing the thing that we enjoy, are we really enjoying ourselves? I don't think so. So we must breathe. And by breathing, we bring ourselves into the present moment and we're able to experience life in its fullness. And therefore we're able to check in with how we're feeling in this moment at this time. And also reflection is another thing that we can use as well. When presence isn't within our day, we can also reflect and think, how was my day today? Was I joy? How much joy did I bring? Did I feel joy? When did I feel not so good? Oh, okay. That's interesting. And it's not labeling it as like bad, good, evil, light, whatever. It's just, that's interesting. And then if we want to make a change, then taking a step towards a change. Mm-hmm. So really paying attention. That's something that I talk a lot about to my clients is this yeah. notion of paying attention. You know, am I actually paying attention to what my body's telling me, what my yes. mind's telling me, what my feelings are telling telling mm-hmm. me, perhaps as you were saying, Emma, you know, just your, your response to somebody else or to a situation, those kind of almost instinctual type things that yes. we have all day, every day, but unless we pay attention, we can't use them as a guide. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, gosh, and that's why Carla's talking about the breath. It's the easiest, best tool that we have, right? It's always <laughs> with us. And it's free. It's like, yay! yay! <laughs> and we need it to survive. So it's like win-win, right? It is. <laughs> it is. Absolutely. Okay. So I'm going to talk a bit more about, or I'm going to ask you about your work that you're doing with Mary Body in a moment, mm-hmm. but I just, I want to go back in time. So Carla, mm-hmm. you mentioned that you had this, I suppose, epiphany that you were putting a lot of content out there via your various channels, Mm -hmm. online digital channels around healthy eating and healthy lifestyle, Mm -hmm. but you perhaps weren't walking the talk. Mm. What can you just tell us for those of us who, or or not for me, obviously, because I know you, but for our listeners perhaps who don't know the work that you do, where where did this start? Yeah, well, so it all started back in 2012 when you found out you had a gluten intolerance. Yeah, I found out I had a gluten intolerance and I stumbled across the world of paleo and just started eating that way. And I would read article after article. It all made sense and sent articles to Carla. So then we went on this journey together, started sharing images, really ugly ones on mostly Carla's Instagram. And we just got traction. There was following. All of a sudden there was a thousand people. So it was like, oh, we need to do something with this. And 
we then started Googling how to start a blog and devouring that content. And it just made so much sense and it brought so much joy. So we just kept going. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we haven't looked back really. We've pivoted a lot, but it is really, it's all about welcoming more health more happiness to life and doing that through easy steps because it can be really overwhelming. But, you know, like creating a delicious, healthy recipe, like that's can be like break it or down. One just delicious, easy recipe is an easy step to welcome more health. Mm. But yeah, that's where it all began. Yeah. And then I guess always from the beginning, there was a mindset stage mm. as well. Like we were always intrigued by our thoughts and we watched documentaries, like I said, Finding Joe, Wayne Dyer's The Shift, Emotion. So we were very interested in also all the energy and the mindset stuff that was happening in the world and that we were so new to that. We we're like, wow, this like so we were so out of whatever we were used to doing because we used to work in government desk jobs. So it was very different to what we'd fallen into. And from 2012, we were focused very much on food until about 2017. And it was in 2017 that we found or we really re-found yoga and Pilates. And that was kind of the really big light bulb moment for us was that, wow, this way of movement connected our mind, our body and our breath and also was so healing because we had gone through so many ways of exercising that were actually, they would hurt our bodies and it was all about slogging it away. It was like doing more, going faster, working harder. Whereas yoga and Pilates is so opposite. It's like, slow down, do this movement, but very small. And so we were like, wow, this is amazing. So we saw transformation with yoga and Pilates in our bodies, but more importantly, in our minds and how we were thinking about ourselves. Long gone were the feelings of I'm not good enough or I'm not enough or my body needs to be smaller to be accepted. And here came feelings of self-acceptance, respect for our bodies and a way of moving that was joy-filled. So this way of moving wasn't like I hate exercise. I dread this. I don't want to go for that run. Why do I have to do this? It was, I can't wait to roll out my mat. And when we found yoga and Pilates, that was when we really felt the bliss feels. We couldn't stop talking about it. We couldn't stop doing it. We couldn't stop learning about it. And that was when we came up with the idea of Marybody. Yeah. And I mean, the cool thing is with yoga, especially like the philosophy behind it all is so amazing. And that's why we loved it so much because we had this like deep interest in philosophy and like, just like how to look at life a bit Mm. differently and just learning all that we could there sparked even more joy because all the teachings allow you to just live life a little bit more easier but nothing changes. Like it's just how we see the world. It just helps us shift our perspectives. And then to do this where, you know, you don't always have to read about it. You don't always have to watch or listen. You can actually do a movement. Mm. And this movement represents learning that mindset shift. Mm. It's like what you do on the mat, you take off the mat, Mm. which is such a cool thing. It is. I've done yoga myself for about 18 years now, 19 (laughs) years, something like that. So I totally get it. And one of the things that I find really intriguing about having conversations about yoga, because I get it, you get it because we do it. It's such an experiential yeah. thing, isn't oh, it? So yes. how do you, other than obviously just your utter enthusiasm that mm. comes through so strongly, how do you explain it to people in a way that you think makes sense to them? Yeah. Mm. Well, with yoga, especially, like we talk about how, yeah, yoga transforms your body. Yeah. You'll get more flexible and blah, 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 blah. That's not what's important. What yoga does is imagine if you've been wearing sunglasses for like your whole life and you've been looking at life with these sunglasses on and then you hop on your mat and you do a sun salutation and then you decide to take your glasses off. The world looks different. It does. It looks lighter. It looks brighter. Suddenly there's color. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm seeing this whole situation differently. That thing that used to annoy me that I used to react to I don't want to do that anymore. I'm not going to do that anymore. And that comes with the practice of yoga. And you don't even need to learn the philosophy. It'll just happen. Like through the movement, through the breath, through the ancient practices, this is what happens. 
So it's very exciting. We, I mean, it's scientifically proven. Like chemicals in our body are released, like dopamine. It may, it improves our memory. It improves our focus. So our decision making is better in life situations. So what we're learning on the mat, as Emma said, we're taking off the mat. We're walking it off into our life journey. So I always like to say. And sometimes you even pick up a different lens. You might pick up like a pink colored lens of glasses and suddenly the world is so love-filled and it doesn't really matter what color the glasses are, but it's changed the way you see everything around you. Yeah. I mean, you can have really profound experiences after a yoga class. I mean, I've experienced some classes where it's just such an insane high after doing a class that it's almost overwhelming. I mean, like I've cried in yoga. I've laughed hysterically. I've been as high on the mountain. Like what the hell? My life is amazing. Mm. Like this feeling that is so overwhelming, but it's so amazing. And just to have the feeling of breathing properly and, you know, like we are forever not breathing Mm. properly in this day and age. But if you have a yoga practice, whatever it may be, whether it's five minutes, half an hour, an hour, a daily practice, that's like at least one hour of like proper belly breathing. breathing. And what is that doing to our lives? Oh, so much. And we're living in a very stressful time yes. where we like grasp onto the stress. It's like we like to feel stress. It's well, not very stre- good for us. Stress <laughs> becomes the norm. It's a habit, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's really, it, I was actually just reflecting. I did a bit of home practice this morning because I couldn't get to a class and I was reflecting on, because I've established, no, I am still in the process of establishing a proper meditation practice. Mm-hmm. And it occurred to me while I was actually on the mat this morning that part of what has made perhaps meditation a little easier is that I have in fact been doing it in some ways for the last 18, 19 years oh, on the yeah, yoga yeah. mat, you know, just that. And now all the kind of research that it is talking about that mindfulness and the presence and the training of your attention. Mm-hmm. And you're absolutely right because I do know, not only do I notice physically, I'm far more aware of my body, my stance, mm-hmm. my, you know, mm-hmm. where my shoulders are, mm-hmm. my breathing throughout the course of the day, but also increasingly, I think probably maybe the combination of formal meditation practice plus the yoga, where my attention's going, yeah, you know, yeah. just that knowing when it's starting to wander off yeah, <laughs> and yes. being able to go, you know what, what am I doing over there? I'm supposed uh-huh. to be back here, bring it back to the moment. Oh God, it's so magical, isn't it? Well, and the asana practice is designed to just help your meditation practice that's yeah. why we asa- that's why we do the asana yeah asana to- always get in the eight limbs asana comes before meditation only so we can sit better for longer <laughs> and you yes absolutely that makes perfect sense I didn't know that but it makes perfect sense <laughs> then, you can, then you can sit yeah yeah so yeah. like the yogis just they would want to sit but then they realized they couldn't sit so they're like what stretch can I do to make me sit better and so they did all these stretches and then suddenly they can sit better for longer with less pain and then now they can reach enlightenment there you go <laughs> and so this is where like you know people or even us as well like our maybe perspective of yoga before we've done yoga is completely misled, misguided mm. from what is out there because yoga isn't about headstands and handstands and being able to put your feet behind your head. Mm. Like, yeah, cool if you can do that, but that doesn't make you any more special than someone who just sits for an hour. Like, mm. same. It's like whatever. Just move your body mm. and connect with your breath. That is yoga. Mm. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And it is transformative in so oh. many ways. And I love, Carla, that explanation of just the lenses because I think mm. that is a great way to, for people to think about it. And even yeah. to your point, Emma, about it, you know, it's it's not what we imagine it to be. But I'm always encouraging people, especially people who are younger than me, to start because I started when I was about 28. Yeah. About 28. And I started because, you know, for the reasons that you start doing exercise stuff when you're in your 20s, because I thought, oh, yeah. this will be a good way to get more toned. You know, it was all about mm, yeah. the, the cosmetic differences yeah. and kind of the vanity stuff. I've now reached a point where, and in fact, I did say to my husband, I said, I've got to go to yoga because my back's really sore. <laughs> yeah. And I know if I haven't practiced, you know, once you're well into your 40s, things start to get sore. But they don't. If you keep going with the yoga, that's been the magical thing. Or if I do yes. notice I'm starting to get a sore neck or a sore back, then I just make sure I do get to yoga, mm. which it's kind of the opposite of what a lot of people do. 
You know, they yes. go, oh, I, oh I better not do anything. I better just lie here in the lounge. It's like, yes. no. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. No. Get out there and do all your stretches because that's what makes the difference. Exactly. <laughs> And the amazing thing is like, yeah, you will have been practicing for so many years. So if you have a certain pain, like you would know of a certain pose that you could just get down on the floor and do it. Like, and oh yeah, that feels so much better now. And so isn't that an amazing gift that you've given to yourself, this knowledge where you can alleviate pain from your physical body simply by doing a move or like a self-massage technique or something that you've learned in class. I think it's why it's one of my most favorite things because you can do it anywhere with very limited space. You only need a tiny amount of space in order to do a downward facing dog. It don't need, and you don't need anything except your amazing body. Yeah. And then I think we're designed to move us humans. Like we're not meant to sit and many of our jobs are just so much Mm -hmm. sitting and we're driving and then we're coming home and sitting on the couch and just sit, sit, sit. It's like, oh God, like we're meant to be moving. And not only does that help our physical self, but it helps our mental and Mm. emotional, all of it. Like Mm. if you're feeling down, go to a yoga class, go have a walk. Holy moly, you change do, your whole state. You feel you better. Mm. It, simply, it simply works. It's amazing. It's something that I do talk because I do a lot of workshops for workplaces yeah. and I'm constantly saying, get up and move, get up and move, get up yeah. and move because everyone's sitting for so much of the time. And there's been some really interesting research that's come out in psychology recently or relatively recently around the benefits of movement for creativity. Yeah. So they were looking at... Just and just the process of walking, so just walking. So it was research that came out of Stanford and they were interested to know whether there was a link because a lot of the great thinkers of the world in through history have also been great walkers. Wow. And a lot of a lot of you know great authors and, and wonderfully smart, creative people have advocated walking. So they said, okay, well let's find out what's going on here. And they don't understand yet the mechanisms behind it. They don't understand what exactly is going on in the brain, Mm. but they've definitely been able to show a link between just walking and then they put people in a lab, you know, send them out for a walk and then get them to do kind of cognitive type and and Mm. creative type activities and exercises, challenges. And they found that the people who had walked were better at solving the problems and doing the creative thinking than those people who hadn't walked. And then interestingly, they had to explore whether or not was it, you know, something to do with actually being outdoors rather than Mm, the walking. So they had to control for all these variables. Oh, yeah, of course. And so they got people then to walk on treadmills inside. Yeah, oh, wow. And then they said, well, could it just be the outdoors and not the walking so they put people out in wheelchairs and wheeled them outside so they had all these control groups that they had to look at to say okay and essentially they found that it was just the movement the walking movement that's contributed to this increase in creativity so I now send people I say if you've got a problem to solve you know if you're stuck with something or you need an idea go for a walk I feel like we do that naturally. I mean, like when I'm going through something difficult, a hard time, when I'm really sad, I will always walk out. Mm. Like, yeah, and like I I'll think be like, this is like boom with our best ideas yeah. when we walk. Like whenever we're walking, we'll just like something will come up and yeah. it will be a great idea. I love walking. I mean, that's all I do: yoga, Pilates, and walk. Mm. That's the movement I do. And I feel odd when I don't walk. I'll have weeks where I'm like, oh, I have only walked once this week. I need more walking, even mm. though I've done the other movement. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm a great proponent of what I call the well-being walk, which is yeah. just you know whether it's getting to that point in your day, especially if you do have yeah. a desk job where you're just yeah. uh, feeling a bit kind of over it, and nothing's coming, or you get you're procrastinating, or you yeah. just your attention is not good. It's like just go for yeah. a twenty minute well-being walk, you know, because it will Boom. clear the mind. Improve mm-hmm. your focus, improve your creativity. It's good for your body. Yeah. It's a mindful experience, to, or you can mm. make it a mindful experience if you're paying attention to your surroundings. So, yeah. lots and lots of that. And I think you're right. I think it is intuitively we often do it, and it's yeah. just fascinating that psychology is kind of catching up. And yeah, and I love it. I love it. So cool. Bringing the science to it. Love. Good. We love the science. Yeah. So, Merry Body itself. So, online. Pilates and yoga. Tell us a little bit more about Merry Body. Oh, we love Merry Body. We love creating it. We love everything about it. We love all the members. It's so filled with love, but it is online membership where it's unlimited yoga, Pilates classes, as well as meditations. The most important thing about Merry Body is that it's movement that's driven by 
joy. It's driven by acceptance and it's driven by respect for our bodies. So everybody and every person is celebrated in Mary Body. There's no judgment on progress. It's not about weight loss. It's not about what you look like. It's about how you decide to show up. And that's what Mary Body is. It's simply showing up and doing your best. It's also choosing to move with more joy. So in the world of exercise and dieting as well and health in general, Mm. it's very common to do it from a place of punishment. You know, like I'm going to do this and then I can do that. I'm going to run on the treadmill for an hour. Then I can go out for dinner or vice versa. Oh, I went out for dinner last night. Now I must work out. And we just have this idea in Mary Body that, hey, can we not do the movement for the sake of the movement, for the joy of the movement? We can roll out the mat and be excited to be on the mat, not looking at our ticking clocks and be like, oh, 20 minutes to go, yay, nearly done. It's like, no, like we do it for every moment, every minute. It's like we relish in the moment. Yeah, and so it's just like because we create it from that place, like that energy is just like in it. And then we remind everyone daily about it. It's like that is just this whole new way to look at wellness and movement exercise and I guess how we live in this industry that can be really toxic. I mean, we've experienced that toxicity where it creates this obsession with just getting thinner and And the sense of that we're not enough yeah, just as we are. So that is what Mary Body is about. Yeah. Like you can come into Mary Body and do the practice and that is enough. Like that is enough. But you know where else you were enough? Before you joined. Like you're enough before yeah. you joined. Like you don't, it's not like this thing that makes like, it's these, yeah, you get transformations. Yeah, all that happens. But it's the knowing that you're enough no matter at what stage you're at. And I always use the analogy of like when you walk through a door into a new space and it's like before the door, you're enough. In the door, you're enough. When you walk out, you're enough. And so I think that is the most important part about it. And sometimes we need help learning that. And that's why we're there. And that's why the community is there to remind all of us that, yeah, here we are, we're enough. And I see you, you see me, we accept each other and then we accept ourselves. So it's as much a philosophy and a mindset as it is an actual kind mm. of physical practice. Yeah, yeah, I mean, as I was saying before about yoga and Pilates, it is this movement practice where you do get toned, you do get more flexible, but within that is all the philosophy and the ancient teachings that we've learned that we now pass on. Yeah, so we translate into our... Into our... <laughs> into, Mary, into Mary's speech. Good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, yeah, it's so... Like, yeah, when we tell someone about it who knows nothing about us, yeah, it's an online yoga Pilates meditation studio. But, oh, gosh, it's just the beginning. Yeah, and it, <laughs> So much more. Yeah, and it's sometimes that it might be how people enter where they're like, you know, I want to do yoga and Pilates to whatever, like change the way I look. But they will always change so much more. And it's, so, it's really, really quite amazing to be part of that and see it and observe it. Mm. And sometimes that people will come in and will be like, oh, like, I don't know if this is quite right for you. Like, I think maybe you're after something else. But then we'll just watch their journey change and we're like, wow, that's really cool. Mm. Like we've like brought something to the surface. It's all inside us already. Like we all know deep down that we're enough. It's just that we get the layers put on top yeah, of us from all the advertising, all the conditioning, whatever our lives mm. were growing up. Mm. It's like we just develop these false beliefs. Yeah. So mm. it's all like uncovering, recovering, discovering who we already are within. It's just that we haven't allowed the space for that to come to the surface yet. And sometimes it's so much more fun (laughs) and easier to do that with like a crew of people where it's like, oh, yeah, I have people reminding me that I am enough. Mm. When those moments come, which they'd always come, we always fall back, Mm. us too, of like, oh, no, I'm not enough or, oh, no, I look like this and blah, 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 like all the old speak comes back. And then it's like, wait a minute, stop, reflect. Mm. Here I am. I am enough. (laughs) And that's such a wonderful point. I actually interviewed a colleague of mine, Dr. Gordon Spence, a little while ago. We were talking about returning to exercise. So he's an expert in motivation and has been going on his own kind of journey of returning to his thing is running. So, you know, a deep passion for running. And and also similarly, you know, although it's a, a different kind of physical activity, a lot of it is the mental and psychological transformation that takes place. Yeah, We talk about why do people stop exercise? And I think a a big part of it, and we discussed this, was what you were 
were saying, Emma, about the fact that it's so often kind of a, a punishment type mm-hmm. thing, yeah. the mindset and mentality behind it. But one of the things that he is kind of looking at at the moment is the importance of having the right people around us, so having a community around us, having a tribe, having that environment, what we call environmental support, so the stuff that's outside of us Mm -hmm. because so often when we exercise, we do it on our own. Yeah, You know, we kind of go, oh, I have to get fit, so I'll go to the gym and then we kind of slog away at that on our own and it's pretty uninspiring yeah exactly or we run you know for some reason we have this idea that we there's these two things we can do we can go to the gym or we can run we forget about everything else <laughs> it's so I know, right? I know. Like, guys there's other ways yeah <laughs> like if you hate running don't run yeah if you love running run yeah. but if you yeah. hate it no don't. absolutely and and I'm the same I yoga and walking are kind of my thing yeah. yeah but I think that point about you know within Mary Body having that community who are all there together obviously mm-hmm. positive and supportive you know that it's like a big piece of the motivation jigsaw puzzle oh yeah that is is so often missing yeah and yeah the thing is you can't really tell someone that like oh like the community is amazing you have to experience it like it's when you experience that support from someone it's like when you never had that supportive friend and then suddenly they become that friend and you're like oh, wow, that feels really good and I can do this because sometimes we forget that we can do it. Sometimes we lose that belief in ourselves and sometimes externally it's nice to receive that and that is, I just think, yeah. a big part of everyone's success that I've ever met is that they've had support around them, that they have that one, that two, those five people that they can count on to lift them up when they might fall down. I think as well, it's something Carla and I have been very lucky enough to have each other like our whole lives. And we've always had support with each other and what we're doing. And so we full know the the magic of that supportive person that is just always there. And I know so many times I wouldn't have been moving if you weren't going. And even if it is just that I committed to that, like, oh, I'm like, let's do this tomorrow. Mm. It's like I've said that externally and that accountability. Mm. And I want to make sure that I say, keep my word for Carla kind Mm. of thing. So we noticed that and thought about it. And that's why we made sure that we put so much energy into that community. I mean, like we're the ones answering everyone Mm. and we have even like private message as well. So it's like, there's so much magic in that. And if we can help one person get on the mat today, like that's like a win for Mm. us. Like we are happy, like, oh my gosh, cool. Like they feel good after that 20 minute Mm. yoga session. Ah, this is what I'm meant to be doing. (laughs) Really contributing to transformation. Yeah. Yeah. Which is wonderful. You talked before, Emma, just about that having each other as support. And I know from just being part of your community and seeing your Instagram posts and all your social and what have you, that family is something that is really important to both of you. You're connected to each other, obviously. You're very connected to your parents. Mm. Has that been, do you think, something that's helped you to make all these changes that you've made in your life because you have stepped away from a conventional path. You know, you gave up mm. the government jobs and <laughs> you've tried all of these and you pivot and you weave and, yeah, and yeah. you know, that is following the bliss. Has that been a part of that for you? Yes. Oh. Such a great question. I've never really, like, thought about. Mum and Dad, like, they have been our biggest believers ever since the beginning of time I guess they've but always you know believed in ourselves but they us. when we quit our jobs they were very worried for us <laughs> like they didn't want we be. didn't we didn't tell them that's why we knew that they wouldn't be approving mm. so we just didn't tell them we just quit and like I'm I didn't so know if mom was I think more dad was dad mum was like cool <laughs> I think but what showed them as soon as they saw us be happy yes as soon as they were like whoa you two are two different daughters mm. they were just all for it then and they are always there for us and, you know, when we go through the tough times, they're a phone call away and we tell them everything and we just have the best relationships mm. with both mom and dad, which is such a special thing I never take for granted. But I think, yes, each other, like the fact that we did this together, I would not have been able to do what I do mm. without Carla. I 100% know. Yeah, neither. And I believe anyone can follow their bliss and create something from nothing in this day and age. 
but I know I am very blessed and lucky and so very grateful that we get to do it Mm. together because there's been moments where I have been fallen in a heap and Carl is there to pick me up and vice versa. And also we have different strengths and weaknesses as well. So, you know, what she's really good at, I'm a bit sucky at and vice versa (laughs) too. (laughs) We're a good team. (laughs) Yeah, that's what we always say. We're just so lucky to have each other and we wouldn't change that for anything and yeah it just wouldn't be the same yeah isn't it like this is really what life is about creating amazing relationships and experiencing life together and Mm. it's not that you need a huge quantity it's about the quality and the depth of those relationships Mm. I mean to me that is what life is having these amazing conversations and connecting on a on that deeper level, not to, I don't want to talk about surface level stuff. I just don't like, I don't want that. Mm. And I'd rather have less people in my life with like more enriching, exciting mm. and ugh, like, I don't even have a word. It's just a sound ugh, like, <laughs> like that, the magic. <laughs> Good thing it's an auditory medium that we're working yeah, with here. We all get it, Emmy. I get the visual <laughs> too, but <laughs> yeah, there was like a hand raise. The, I don't know. The grief. Very coming the out grief. Of me. <laughs> so support, relationships, mindset, mm. breath, following your bliss. Mm. There's been lots of changes because as you said, you so you started out very focused on the the kind of mm. paleo food and then sort of food more generally, you've moved mm-hmm. into more of the body work as well. Mm-hmm. There have been challenges along the way. I mean, what, what's given yeah. you the ability to pivot and mm. realize that perhaps this isn't, I mean, I, I know that following your blitz should generally be a kind of a, a pull towards type thing, mm. but there must've been moments where you've just gone, oh, far out this is just oh yeah not working so many, <laughs> yeah and so I, many I think moments. like in yoga we have a thing called tapas and it's disciplined devotion and so it's knowing that there's gonna be obstacles knowing that sometimes you're not gonna want to show up and having the inner discipline and having that personal agreement that you're going to show up and you're going to do your best and that's all we can ever ask of ourselves our best I think a big thing that we have brought into our lives is the art of detachment Mm. so this is like we are big goal setters we love setting goals we love thinking of what should we do next and what should we do and how many members and this and that and that's very much how we can plan but then when we bring in the art of detachment it's like okay that's the goal but you know if we don't get there we're going to do everything we can to get there but if we don't that's okay and having the unwavering faith and the trust that we ended up exactly where we were meant to end up so we have we have always had this unwavering faith it was but when we learned detachment, it was like even more like, oh, we get it even more now. So just because we set a goal and then we don't reach it doesn't mean we're a failure. It just means it's course correction going a different way. And I think that's really helped us in the moments of, of hardship. And I mean, just this year when we began the membership, there was a moment, um, like a week where we were about to run out of money. Like we had this big bill and we were like, we are not going to be able to pay for this. And that in a, in a moment when you run a business is extremely stressful. When you have a mortgage, when you have bills, when you have bass coming in and this coming in and all of this coming in, you just like, what have we done? How did we even get here? But yeah, we made this, I don't know how we got there, but we got there. And I mean, like when I think back to it, yeah, we were a little bit stressed, but not that stressed. And I think it was a, a lot of the work we've done and the yoga practice that helped us through that. And we just kept going and also having that unwavering faith too, that it was all going to be okay. It's mm-hmm. so weird. And I know like people hearing about this in a similar situation might be like, yeah, right. Like it doesn't <laughs> work. But now we're in a great situation mm-hmm. and we just kind of have that mentality of like, just do the work, do what we can now, the take the step, mm-hmm. take the action and do the work for the sake of the work. Don't think about the problem mm-hmm. right now, just do the work. Mm-hmm. And then it 
sorted itself out and then became more abundant and more better than we could ever imagine. Yeah, it was a really big bounce back moment. Personally, you know, we didn't share it on Instagram. Oh, guys, uh uh-oh, this is happening right (laughs) now. Like it was kind of the moment where we were like looked at each other and we're like, "Uh uh-oh, uh-oh. But yeah, it really was a moment where we had to dig deep into that devotion, into that discipline, just keep showing up because otherwise the other option is fall in a heap and give up. And that's just not who we are. Like we are resilient people. We're going to work this out. And so we did everything that we could to work it out. And I think it's in those hard moments where everything that you learn in your life, you know, you get to practice. So we might read about detachment and I understand it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the only way that you actually truly understand it is by practicing it. And sometimes you need that rock bottom moment in order to fully understand a new philosophy or a new lesson that you were supposed to learn. And I just think, you know, having that knowing and like, yeah, of course, life is guaranteed. There's ups and downs. Life is not guaranteed. Like, no, life is not guaranteed. (laughs) What what is Is guaranteed guaranteed is the the ups and downs. Like, no one tells us that it's going to be smooth sailing. I mean, if it is smooth sailing and and all known, is that truly living? Because we're probably walking someone else's path Mm. and the should be's where we're not even happy. So it's like that doesn't sound like a great, interesting life Mm. or not a life I want to live. I'm not saying anyone else, but um, I don't want that. So we kind of like have this mentality as well. That's like, well, this is what we signed up for. Like, this, was, is, this is it. Yeah, like, we we knew this is exciting. Like, here we go. <laughs> and then that's what we would say. We say one day we're going to think about this with so much joy and be like, oh, remember that. Yeah. And I think another moment where like it's been really tough is like we have moved house a lot, oh and not having a stable foundation is I was just thinking is about really that. um difficult. So there was this one house we moved into. In an internet black spot. And this again was the first six months of 2019 when we're building Merry Body. Like we have no internet and we're building an online business. How is this happening? And we finally moved out of that place and found a new place. But in the middle, we stayed at my boyfriend's house, who was away at the time. We're in the bed that I usually share with my boyfriend with my sister. And we're like, he was all away. of our boxes are like, no, but there was also, it was like a traumatic, that was before that house. It was a memory that I'll never, ever forget. Your boyfriend was away. I had just broken up with my boyfriend. Oh, yeah. So I was heartbroken, a mess. And we were in bed together, <laughs> like going to sleep. sleepover, sleepover. And we had boxes all around us. It was ridiculous. We had no idea where we were going to live. And we were just like, gosh, how did we get here? <laughs> like, this is a real one of those moments. Like, I didn't picture my life to be like this. Yeah. But, you know, it was a, a week of our lives. And you can use that and let it, like, get you down. You can be like, oh, I should be over there. I'm 31. Surely my life isn't meant to be like this. I'm meant to be married and have two kids by now and, gosh, like a stable business. But you know what? Like, this is what it's about. It's just about living and experiencing Mm. and not feeling shame about it because why? Who said we're meant to live life like that? Mm. Oh, wait, no one. It's just us saying that to ourselves, comparing us to a perfect life over there, which isn't even real. It's all made up. So it's like, oh, we cannot let these made up things get us down. Yeah. And what when you were just talking before about that kind of getting to challenges and detaching yourself from it, not getting Mm. too caught up in it. And it reminded Mm. me so much of, I've just been doing some reading and some writing on the idea of hope. So hope from a psychological Mm. point of view is more than just kind of crossing your fingers and wishing for the best. It's two things they talk about is the will and the way. So agency, so belief in your ability to reach Mm. your goals. Mm -hmm. So just that core inner belief that I can do this. It might be Mm. hard. It might be a struggle. And then having a kind of a pathway to get there. So that's the way bit, you know, so having it in Mm. mind that, right, this is what we've got to do. And we know that when people have hope, they have the will and the Mm. way. And and that's not necessarily always really clear. You know, it's not like I've got the exact steps and I know exactly what to do and I know what the outcome is going to look Mm. like. It's more that kind of belief that Mm -hmm. I can work it out, that I know that I've done difficult things before. Mm-hmm. This will, because of me, get yeah. better. Yes. And we know that that, you know, is, is so important to people's health, their wow. happiness, their psychological well-being, their mental health. It's a really positive perspective that obviously you both have in spades. Yeah, <laughs> well, we, we have. have. Yeah. It's like, it's like an, a natural thing. I don't know. We, we just got that. 
Yeah, absolutely. You were very lucky. <laughs> we're You're very blessed. fortunate. You're blessed. Yes, our hope, and it is. Yeah, but I mean, the good, the wonderful thing is for that for those people listening, going, oh, I don't think I've got that. It's a learned thing too. Yeah, you, know? you can develop it. You know, all this stuff you can develop. It, it's yeah. for some people it comes more naturally than others. But yeah, when you know that. a bit about it, and even just listening to both of you talking, you know, for people to be able to absorb a little bit of that mm. idea and that approach to life, that's part of developing. Yeah, so true. All the practice. Yeah, that's why we loved all those documentaries, didn't we? That really helped us. So if anyone is at home being like, oh, I'm I'm not like that and I want that, there's so many good YouTube stuff too Mm. and listening to these podcasts, Mm. we would just Google like, what would we Google? Spiritual videos. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe don't, I don't know about that, but I think think now that would come up with some weird stuff. (laughs) That's a good Google search. It's all about like positive mindset, yeah. (laughs) Wow, how funny. And I think too, you know, that's the wonderful thing about the idea of self-development is that you'll be able to find something because even as as you're both talking about all of your experiences and all of your understanding and your perspective on life, you know, for me, I'm kind of in my head, there's dropping in little, oh, you know, that's a bit of this and this is a bit of that from a psychological Mm, point of view in terms of psychology and the research behind that. But you come at it from a different path I suppose and and that's the wonderful thing is it doesn't really matter which path you take Mm, you know some people want to take the scientific path some people Mm -hmm. take the more spiritual path some will take the yoga and pilates you know there's a million different ways to do it it's the doing of it yeah I love that so much so cool I'm going to ask you for some tips in the moment because we started looking at some tips which was you know google <laughs> google your thing and and learn but i'm intrigued to know what do you think is the best decision you've ever made oh quitting our jobs yeah. <laughs> okay why well if we hadn't of we would have never experienced everything that we have experienced or created anything that we've created because we heard like, you know, what you focus on grows and we heard follow your bliss and we loved this so much. And so we had this idea and this belief and this hope that when we quit our jobs, we'll have so much more time to yeah. focus on what we love. And if we just keep following our bliss, I mean, if we just keep focusing on what we want to grow, then of course it has to grow. It just made a lot of sense to us. Yeah. And I think I would have missed out on so much life mm. experience and de- personal development because what it does when you believe in yourself when you choose yourself and like take a chance you strengthen some kind of muscle and you have to learn so much so it's like I not only wanted to learn but I had to learn Mm. I mean I think as adults we stop learning if you're if you're not really super interested in something you might just go to work and you might not be that excited and do the work just because you have to, then come home and then you do the life, which might involve like watching TV and spending time with your family. But do you actually dedicate time to learning something new or finding something new that you're interested in? Mm. What this gave to us was uh, it forced us to do that and it made, oh, God, and we met so many cool we people. Have, we would have like, met oh, like all of our friends that we have, we have now. We so many friends. We wouldn't have even known what a podcast is. Like, yeah, as Amy said, all the learning that we wouldn't have like experienced life would have been so different. Life would still be working in Canberra in a government job. Maybe like we'd be up a few levels by now, probably married with with a family. And that's so lovely if that is what you want. But we hit a stage where we were just like, isn't life supposed to be more than this? And we couldn't turn our backs on that. Yeah. Quitting our jobs was the best decision we ever made. Oh God. Like seriously, the best ever. I don't even think I would I wouldn't be me. Like I'd be a shell of an Emma Mm. because I was such a different person back then. Like I have gone like, Mm. oh, I don't even know, like completely transformed just from that act of quitting job, Mm. my job and like following the path. And it's (laughs) fascinating because what you've described for me is if you look at the kind of the mental health spectrum, which is like a normal curve, and we've got people who are struggling with mental ill health at one end, and then we have people who are what we call languishing, which is just kind of doing the do, but not necessarily getting as much out of life as perhaps we could. And then the majority of us do sit in moderate mental health. And then at the other end, and this is where positive psychology, you know, this this is the goal of the whole field is to move everybody along closer to flourishing. 
And flourishing is exactly what you've just described. So living life to the fullest, feeling like you're learning and growing, relationships, having meaningful goals that you're making progress towards, experiencing plenty of positive emotion, which is not just happiness and, and love and the things that we think about as positive emotion, but curiosity and yeah. optimism and gratitude and all of those sorts of positive. So if you've got all of that, that's basically what's considered flourishing, which is what we want to, and that's the very purpose of my podcast and all the work that wow. I do is to try and get people closer to flourishing. So, so what you've cool. just described is moving, making that decision to quit your jobs has helped you move from perhaps the languishing yes. bit along the curve to flourishing. 120%. Yeah, did. definitely. I mean, even on the, and probably would be like, if we had stayed there for me, especially, I know going to that depressive state because mm. yeah. I, I knew I walked into that workplace and I was sad every day. Mm. I would describe it like it was my soul was leaving my body. And mm-hmm. I'd not only felt that mentally, but physically, everything emotionally. And I know if I stayed there, it would have got worse. Mm. So Wow. And that's the risk of languishing is that people do slip into kind of mental ill health. So, you know, if we can move more people up to the positive end of the curve, we move people away from that risk. I love this so much. That's amazing. That's kind of the idea behind it. So my question then to you, I've got lots of other questions, but we're going to have to finish up soon because, you know, life. Tangents. But my question is, what is it do you think that gave you the courage to quit that job? Because I'm guessing there's a lot of our listeners who are like, oh, Mm. I would so love to do all of this, but Mm. I'm scared. Oh, it was that mindset shift. So I remember we had a conversation and I said, Carla, what's the bigger risk? To me, the bigger risk is getting to age 60, 70, 80, whatever it may be. And looking back with regret, I didn't take a chance on myself. Like if we quit, like, yeah, it's a risk, but man, like, the bigger risk is not that, Yeah, that mm. is the bigger risk. That's the thing that frightens me more. Mm. So it was a simple mindset shift. And then, you know, the will and the way, right? So the way was I did some sums and was like, if we did this, we would have enough money. Mm. We weren't doing it, but if we did it. <laughs> and then we just did it. So we and had a small <laughs> plan. A small plan. <laughs> a very yep. small plan. I would maybe recommend like make maybe a bit more of a plan, but you know what? Like it worked for us. Yeah. Like it worked for us. It could work for anyone. Sometimes I think you have to jump in and then figure it out yeah. along the way. And that's, I guess that's what we really have done our whole journey. Yeah. Is that we've just been figuring it out. We're still figuring it yeah. out. Don't worry. I'm still figuring it out. I'm 47. Yeah. <laughs> and we never will have it figured out. Like it's like as soon as we start being in that place of routine, it's like, oh, we got to bring in a change. And yeah. then it's like, oh, something new. I've got to learn. And yeah. that's the joy of it as well. And the unknown is the magic. Yeah. So life is not where you're headed. It's what's happening along the way. Yeah, oh, exactly. Ladies, thank you both so much for today. I've really thoroughly enjoyed our mm. conversation. It has been a great way to end the season. So much positivity. I love your philosophy on life, your mindset. It, it really absolutely speaks to what we try to do here on the show, which is just help people fulfill their potential. And I think you're, you're both doing that in spades and I I know that Mm. our listeners will have gleaned lots of tips and lots of ideas from the very practical around Mm. what it is to roll the mat out and hop on it (laughs) through to some really interesting mindset and just perspective on life and how you can kind of grab that with both hands and run with it. So thank you, Carla. Thank you, Emma. I will put all of your links to everything, including your tips for living life well and following your bliss in our show notes and encourage everyone to kind of find you and follow you and Mm. get involved. Thank you so much for having us. We love so much fun. Excellent. And um, we might have you back on the show one day. Oh, yes, please. Every time we need a little boost of positivity. <laughs> yeah, wow, we're always we up for Get it. Get you on to talk. Fantastic. Thank you both again. 
Man, I wish I had been that wise and insightful in my early 30s. That was the Merrymaker sisters, Emma and Carla Pappas, with their fun and positive and insightful and inspiring take on living life to its fullest, even on its most challenging days. And if you need a bit more merry in your life, you'll find Emma and Carla pretty much everywhere online. We've included links to their social media accounts, their podcast, Get Merry, Merry Body, their online yoga and Pilates community, and their website in the show notes for this episode. And that's all at potential.com.au forward slash podcast. You'll also find their tips for living a merry and well life. Thank you again to the Wellbeing Evidence and Horizons Conference for collaborating with us on this season of the show. I'm looking forward to seeing you at the conference on the 28th and 29th of April 2020 in Melbourne, Australia. You can register at weh.org.au. And big thanks as I sign off for another season and another year to Jay, my partner in crime in all things podcasting and social media. I could not do this without you. And of course, to Andy, our editor and producer who makes me sound better and keeps me entertained with pictures of his cats. And of course, to you. Thank you for listening, for being the reason that I do this, for your encouragement and your messages and for sharing the love and the show. I appreciate you and I'm looking forward to bringing you more guests, more conversations and more ways in which we can all thrive, flourish and fulfil our potential in 2020.